Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Mm. Last night I tried some raw oysters. I want all my picks back and I want David goddamn Putney just because I feel like it. You're out of your mind. I am Dre Fogue and I'm the transfer. Coach, show them just in case they don't like your oh, jacket. Whoa. Can you go buy another one, Coach, if you need one? Hold on. We'll get it. <laughs> Errant Rogers, E-R-R-A-N-T Rogers. What's up, everybody? This is the Back Judge Podcast coming at you with an AFC North preview. We are Sans Tommy on this one. It's just it's just me, Adam Klepp, and my, my good friend Lee Murray talking some good football. Lee, what's going on? Feeling great. Tommy's sorely missed, obviously, but I'm sure that you guys, you 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 faithful listeners, will get his opinions one way or another. About we ha- this, we hammed out in Sealy Two about this division. We we, we, we in ha- Sealy Two. We hammed out in Sealy Two. It's a good day. Just, just a, good, a good day to be alive. Just to start it off, too, we got some opinions about this division. This we is going to be fun to talk about, I think, because this is one of the more interesting divisions where we're a little bit more uh, polarized, I guess, than than usual. I would just say, you know, you know, pull back the curtain. Mm-hmm. We're we're going over the depth charts a little bit before the pod, before we hit hit the red button, and. Uh, Definitely a few more takes that that I got that I didn't think I had. Yeah. So you know this will be an exciting one. Uh, let's start it off with the Cleveland Browns, first uh, first team since the the Detroit Lions to join in infamy. Zero and sixteen, rough year. And let's start let's start. This <laughs> off. Did, did, did Hugh Jackson jump in Lake Erie? No more freaking losing. Okay. That happened. And right. it, it I, like, like, hear, I like to hear that that happened. It looked like it was a communal thing. There were other okay. people with him. There were okay. smiles, laughter. It looked like a good thing. Yeah, I'm glad that everyone's happy. But uh, yeah. on that on that <laughs> note, let's let's start it off with something we agree with. Hugh Jackson, still the coach in Why? in Cleveland. He won in 31 in two seasons. January, I guess January 31st is Hugh Jackson Day. The <laughs> the only explanation I guess is that Dorsey really likes him and believes in him, and he's like, you know what, clean slate. We're going to give you these tools. Here you go. You know, the past yeah. is the past, and we're moving on. But also, offensive coordinator Todd Haley. How do you think that's going to work? Here, here's the thing. My thing is like, oh, they brought in Todd Haley. Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson have different offenses. Hugh mm-hmm. Jackson was brought in as an offensive guy from Cincy, implements his offense, was calling plays. Like, wh- what's the dynamic going to be like between the two of these My, dudes? I, I mean, Hugh, Hugh is obviously head honcho, so I would imagine – He's in control of the offense because he's the offensive-minded head yeah. coach. I'm just interested to see kind of what that dynamic will be like. I think it'll probably be like a kind of a, a team thing with them. They'll they'll come to conclusions together as to how they're going to run the offense and how they're going to call plays. If I had to guess right now, I'd say Haley would be on the headset on the weekends. I think he's going to okay. be calling the plays uh, to take a little bit of the pressure off of Hugh. Yeah. Um, and just because Haley's been in the – whether you like him or not, and I, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of Todd Haley just because of his resume in Kansas City and Pittsburgh. But the guy's been around; like he yeah. knows he knows how to coach NFL football uh, one way or another. So, you know, that's a good guy to have on your staff just to get some. Absolutely, I'm not. Presence. You know, I'm not hating on but, the Todd Haley hire. It's good to yeah. have bring some you know different brain power into this organization too on offense. Definitely needs a little bit of a fresh start. What Hugh Jackson was doing the past few years isn't working, so he's got a pretty big ego if he doesn't think that he needs some help there on yeah. offense. So, But yeah. let's get into their, their roster. What were you going to say about something we are going to agree on? Oh, I was just saying we were going to agree on the fact that Hugh Jackson went 1-31. Oh, oh, that's I mean, right. We, we don't, should, think, we don't yeah, think he yeah. should be the coach. Yeah. 
Uh, but you know, what are you none, gonna do? nonetheless, he's getting his chance. And I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I kind of want to start this off by saying, I agree with probably 80% of the moves the Cleveland Browns made this offseason. And I think that they really are buying into this clean slate mentality. Yeah. They really are buying into this, you know what, the past is the past. We're putting it behind us. And they've got a completely new look on offense. And to trade away Deshaun Kaiser, a guy that you drafted that, was bizarre. that I mean, high the next yeah. year for, for a cornerback, it's, it's interesting. And they definitely, I think that was a huge move for Demarius them. Demarius Randall they got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Demarius Randall from Green Bay. But a, a good cornerback. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, that's a good piece. But even a good cornerback, that's a 23-year-old or 22-year-old quarterback that you just drafted in the second round that you're trading away after one season with a riddled team, basically. Yeah. So you're and, and they traded for Jarvis Landry, and I've, I they only gave up some late round picks. Uh, I love that move for Cleveland. It was a good move. I was a little bit surprised that they gave him that big extension. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You you don't you didn't trade too much away for him. And he kind of, I don't know if he was worth the money that they gave him. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I, I like him a lot as a player, but they're paying him legit, you know, number yeah. one receiver money. And he's more of like kind of a slot guy. I also think his name might be a little bit bigger than his play. With the whole Odell per se. Thing yeah, and, yeah. And like, but I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big Jarvis Landry fan, honestly. I just think that people may, who aren't familiar with his type of game, they might think that with the money he's making that he's going to be some sort of elite force. I mean, this is a guy that kind of catches the ball between, you know, 5 to 15 yards. And he gets paid and, and mostly for what he does after with the, catch, the ball. Yeah, after, after the catch. After the and, catch, you know, yeah. and he'll make, he'll make a good, you know, a, a spectacular catch every once in a while. Good player. Definitely an upgrade yeah, over yeah. most of the receivers they had last year. I mean, he's probably the best receiver on the yeah. roster. I, you can say Josh Gordon's more of a talent, but, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is he hasn't really played that much. Over the past few years, so as far as a sure bet to be your best receiver, you know Jarvis Landry definitely good comes guy in. to go with. Yeah. And let's just quickly touch on the Baker Mayfield pick at number one, yeah, just because absolutely. we haven't really talked too much about them draft wise, and definitely an interesting move. I think interesting is we a good shocked. word. I think we were shocked. I mean, we were all kind of Donald was, guys here at the yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, we come, but like coming into the you know like a draft day, you're getting these Schefter tweets, Rappaport tweets, like. Browns are, it's really started like two weeks before, and you're like, they're just putting up a smokescreen that they're yeah. going to get big. You know, first you heard it, Jets, number three, they're really going to take Baker. You know, and then you heard, oh, the Browns, like they really Patriots could take Patriots might Baker. trade up. Patriots might, exactly. And yeah. then, and at that time, we're all like, you know, they're, like, yeah. You know, then it happens. Draft day comes up, it seems that Baker's going to be the pick, and he was. And yeah. um, I think. In terms of the other, the other two top quarterbacks, I guess you could say, or, or four, you know, Josh Allen is a different, little bit of a different animal than uh, Baker, Rosen, and Darnold were in terms of pro readiness. Um, but like, I just feel that Baker has a great chance to be successful in the league, but it's only going to come through just him being extremely accurate. Like, he's not. He gets you know some sort of reputation for being like a running quarterback, but he's really not that. I mean, he only ran a four nine forty. He gets yeah. a lot of Russell Wilson comparisons. Russell Wilson ran like a four five. No, so yeah. this is a different like a, Russell Wilson's a different athletic yeah. dude than Baker Mayfield is. He's not the athlete Russell Wilson is. Yeah, but yeah. he is. He is a high extreme level competitor. That that yes, that being it was the point I'm about to touch on. Out of all the quarterbacks in the draft, in terms of just a mindset mm-hmm. for coming into Cleveland. And wanting to be the dude, like I think he was the best. I mean, 
you can talk, Darnold, you know, also had his pro day thing where he was telling his QB coach for the, you know, the draft process, Carson Palmer, he's like, we're trying to go to Cleveland and stuff. But for me, like Baker Mayfield is just like, win it all. Fan of, um, I always talk about, I like it when teams, you know, draft players that match their city's, you know, mentality, Cleveland, Rust Belt City, Blue Collar. I mean, Baker Mayfield's going to come in here and work and definitely excited for the future for him. I don't know if he'll start though. This he won't. Year. He won't. I mean, he. I think he'll. I think. I don't know. I, Lee and I had different opinions on what the Browns are going to do. I, I think he'll start maybe a few games in the back end of the year. Mm. Um, but it'll be. It'll be interesting. It just. I think it all just depends on how the team does with Tyrod Taylor. This is a great segue into what I'm going to. Taylor fan. Yeah. I've been a huge Tyrod Taylor fan since his since his days at Virginia Tech, since his days as a backup with the Ravens, and and and, and, even, that ring, and even with the Bills. This is a guy who did the most with the least in Buffalo yeah. and found a way to be the quarterback that he is in Baltimore and find a starting job in Buffalo, and now here he is in Cleveland. And it feels like for me that a lot of things are falling into place for Tyrod Taylor. And we can disagree about the receiving core all we want. He's got a good crop of receivers at the yeah. very least. No, I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a solid offensive line. And let's talk draft a little bit more. Nick Chubb is a running back that they brought in early mm-hmm. in the second round who – uh, barring that knee injury, probably would have been up there with Saquon running back wise as as one of the more dominant and explosive running backs coming out of the draft. Had a knee injury in his college career, still was an early second round pick, and they bring in Carlos Hyde from San Francisco, a guy who's kind of been overlooked as a running back in the league so far. But a two running back uh, duo there with Chubb and Hyde, the receivers he's got. This is a totally new look offense, new quarterback. I think this is a great opportunity for Tyrod Taylor to kind of blossom and take this team. And uh, I really am excited to see it, honestly. Yeah, let's, you know, I, I agree. Tyrod Taylor, more than a competent quarterback in the NFL. Definitely a dude that will keep this team competitive, at least, you know, through the first half of the year. Um, quickly, before we jump over to the defense, you know, I, as far as the offensive line goes with this team, you lost Joe Thomas, mm-hmm. who's been the man in Cleveland since Didn't he came in. Didn't miss a game until this past season when yeah. he had his biceps injuries and he just kind of. Hung it up, which I, I can't blame him for. It was, you know, not not as close to a Calvin Johnson situation because he was, you know, in the league for longer. But, you know, Joe Thomas just looking at his career and he's like, I don't really think that this team is, I mean, honestly, they're two to three years away from really comp- competing for a Super Bowl if everything mm-hmm. goes to plan, right? Yeah. And he's looking at it like, I got to rehab from this injury, get my weight back up again, mm-hmm. you know, so he, he's gone and there are some... In, you know, some concerns as far as the two tackle position solid, but Sean Coleman is a dude entering his third year in the league. You're expecting him to come in and be your left tackle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he got a lot of run in last year when Joe Thomas was out and was definitely a downgrade, but I mean, you're not going to upgrade, you know. <laughs> it's, We're talking you're, about the lead tackle Joe yeah. Thomas. So it'll be interesting to see if he can at least, you know, hold it down on that side. And the right tackle is where things really get kind of hairy with uh, Chris Hubbard and Greg Robinson vying for that starting spot. You know, I don't know. I'm not going to say I know much about Chris Hubbard, but I know a little bit about Greg Robinson from his time with the Lions, and it ain't pretty. Yeah. So, I don't know. That'll be just something interesting to monitor, even in the preseason, you know, just looking at how those guys are doing. But let's jump over to the defense. Well, and I just and, really quickly okay. want to say their interior line. It is it, it is, is good. They have a very solid interior yep. line with Treader, Batino, and Zeitler. Those are three you guys given, that are giving those dudes a lot of money. Too. Proven solid guard, yeah. interior linemen, and bringing in Austin Corbett from yep. Nevada in the draft, getting a little bit of depth in there. It's definitely going to be interesting and definitely a new look offense. Yeah, exciting stuff going on in Cleveland. One way over to the D. This defense—they uh, disappointed me last year. I was a little more excited about them than uh, they ended up. You know, I thought they were going to do better than they ended up performing during the season. 
Um, that partially, I think, had to do with the fact that Miles Garrett basically missed the first half of the season. Um, but now Danny Shelton is gone. They shipped him off to uh, New England. Mm-hmm. So that era is over. Um, I Honestly, I was surprised that they took Denzel Ward over. I definitely was surprised as well. But now looking at it... I mean, it fits a it, need. It fits a need, no, absolutely. Because you lost Joe Hayden. You're looking for your next dude. Denzel Ward is a hard-nosed player. Definitely an, you know, has a chance to be an elite corner. A little bit undersized, which is the only kind of knock on him. Um, and, I mean, they like Emmanuel Ogba a lot. Oh, you know what? Because they did draft you. Ogba a year before mm-hmm. Garrett. And he was an early pick. And he was kind of a stud in college. And they're giving him another year to prove that he can be a solid NFL player. And... I agree with you definitely, Club, that this defense did underperform last year, and I think part of that was to the whole 0-16 thing. I mean, that's something we talked about with Denver, in the sense that their offense was so inept. Once you start lagging to a certain extent, it's almost like... You're playing 40 minutes a game, you're just like, you know, uh, really just struggling and out of it, so... Yeah. You've got Kevin Hogan in the game, Sneaky prove-it year for Greg Williams. Yeah. I don't know. He underperformed last year. He, I worry that he might be a little too, you know, old school maybe for, yeah. for I mean, this era, this new era of, you know, millennials. I think it's fair. Into the league. It's fair to say though he has the tools. Yeah, he, he has he the does. tools. They did bring in Denzel Ward, so that's a number four corner you're bringing in in yeah. the draft. You've got Jabril Peppers coming into his second year as a safety in the NFL. Like we talked about with the Kaiser trade earlier, Demar- Demarius Randall coming yeah. over at the very least, a guy who's going to come in and make an impact start immediately. Brian Body but Calhoun is actually a pretty underrated player. No, too. they've got a solid like secondary. Too. They and really do. Don't, don't sleep on the fifth round pick, Jannard Avery out of Memphis, linebacker. I'm a big fan of really? his. Really? So I don't, you know, watch him. Joe Schobert. I gotta give my. I gotta give let's, my. Let's two talk s- about bust Michael Kendricks. <laughs> I gotta give my <laughs> word in on that bust. man, that Super Bowl champion Michael Kendricks, coming off an absolutely killer season in Philly, getting a little deal in Cleveland, bringing that. You got a guy with a Super Bowl pre- pedigree bringing that mindset into the locker room. I think that's definitely a plus move for them. And one thing I quickly want to touch on: we know Miles Garrett is Miles Garrett on the D line. Their D tackles are going to have to step up. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to have to be dudes who step up. They, tr- like you said, they traded away Shelton. So you have uh, Larry. Larry Gonjobi is uh, was a rookie from Charlotte, last year. right? He's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's he's a guy who's going into his second year in the league. He's, he's probably and got he had promise as a as a rookie for sure. But Caleb Brantley, a dude that was. Well, he had some major off-the-field issue that made him drop to the sixth, sixth round in 2017. I don't really know. I think it was some domestic violence type thing. Yeah, I don't really know how he did in his rookie year, to be honest. But I know he was a guy that was getting, you know, first, second-round buzz, and if not for the off-the-field stuff. So, I, I honestly, I can't speak on how he did last year or if he really played. But um, he's and, a dude that at least has talent that yeah. I know of. Chad Thomas, too, he's a DN, not necessarily a D-tackle. But he was kind of a guy from Miami who flashed but didn't necessarily put it all together mm-hmm. you know so um you know we'll see the, the well, let's just say you know the pass rush They're presence young, is going to cut yeah that, but that, that pass young. rush presence is going to cut yeah. so um you know we'll get more into the how we think they'll do uh to their season when we get into the whole you know division rundown but let's uh but definitely just to wrap it up yeah. a, a completely new look roster it definitely in Cleveland. Is. kind look. of a new yeah. feel in Cleveland and you despite know despite the same head honcho yeah you know same head honcho but uh some things to be excited about in Cleveland, and you know we'll get to it in the uh, in the preview later. Moving on, Cincy, Cincy, the Cincinnati Bengals. This is the Cincinnati Bengals kind of fit into this category for me, where no matter what you can tell me about them, like I feel this way about like the Dolphins, where it's just like they're not gonna 
maybe they'll make the playoffs as a six seed if they if everything falls right. I think it's fair to say some people but, feel this way about the Detroit Lions. Yeah, but Stafford is Stafford head, does is, is a head and shoulders above Andy Dalton, and so it, they kind of fall into just kind of that zone for me. Where and, and it's also the Bengals. Like mm-hmm. he's just like one of those teams that you don't trust to win a big maybe. Yeah. And they also they don't have a great home field advantage. So, you know, anytime you're going into Cincy, it's not like, well, if it's a toss-up game, I'm really like the home field advantage doesn't really take into much account for me as far as who I believe will win the game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um that being said, I guess I don't know. They should have gotten rid of Marvin Lewis, but Mike Brown is just an awful owner and doesn't have the rocks to get rid of him or <laughs> I don't know, dude, like the Bengals just don't get me excited. It's it's Andy Dalton, man. Like it's I think yeah. Like, I think I, it's, I, I think last season was evidence that it was kind of over. Yeah. And if you I know I don't think that you're gonna. I think Andy Dalton's best season is behind him. So yeah. I, I don't think he's gonna be coming out of the gates in the 2018 season slinging the rock around and you know competing for for you know AFC MVP or whatever it is. You know he's not gonna go out there and start turning heads. So I think that. It's kind of more of the same in Cincinnati, like you said, Marvin Lewis. Um, um, but they, I mean, this is a team that didn't really make many moves in the offseason either. Yeah. So you know, it's just everything is a little bit more. Montez Perfect is suspended for the first four games again. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Tyler Eifert is still etched in as your first, you know, tight end, but he'll probably be injured by week three, and you'll have Tyler Croft running routes again. AJ Green is elite. You know, but There's no he's, question but about it's just, that. He's, you know, he's There's only kinda, so much that he's only do, so though. much a wide receiver can do. Um, so that's just kind of. The, I mean, I will say, you know, they lost Andrew Whitworth and um, Kevin Zeitler in the same year. Yeah, yeah, in the same year, and they made an effort to kind of fix that with bringing in Cordy Glenn, which I thought was a really good trade for them. So I mean, you know, you move back from what was it ten in the draft, and you get Cordy Glenn, move back to twenty one where the Bills were picking and draft Billy Price. So. Those are two pickups to rebuild your line, so I, I do like those moves for the uh, Bengals and and Joe Mixon. Lee, you know, absolutely, I'm a huge. Go- I'm really kind. I'm kind of disappointed in this offense or in this in the I guess the brass in Cincinnati just for not tuning up the offense a little bit more. But then you take a step back and you realize <laughs> John Ross was the ninth pick in the draft last and he year. He was uh, practicing at DB by week 16. Coming coming in from Washington, it's like this guy's a Burner. Burner. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot to be expected from him in his sophomore season because he had a, you know, first year huge slump. And then, like you were saying earlier, Joe Mixon. I truly believe Joe Mixon has the ability to be one of the better running backs in the even as time goes on, but even this year. And I think that we're going to have a lot to see from Joe Mixon, but I really think that this team offensively is, is just hindered by Andy Dalton. And I don't think that he really has the ability to take them past that seven, eight win. I think that that's kind of their ceiling. Seven there. to nine is you know yeah. It's that Cincinnati seven and nine feeling that you get even with bringing Cordy Glenn in at left tackle and Billy Price. Process. This is a team that had, in my opinion, arguably the best draft. They had a really in- good draft. I just a few picks that I really liked. Um, Mark Walton, fourth round pick out of Miami. He was a dude who's you know possibly second second third round talent who dropped the fourth due to some injury stuff. I think he could be a nice replacement for Jeremy Hill. Totally. You know, that kind of dude, you know, Giovanni Bernard can be your, you know, out of the backfield receiving back. Joe Mixon is your, you know, main main dude. But then Mark Walton, nice change of pace dude. 
could come in maybe a few goal line situations. You know, I think he's a guy that can can make that happen. And defensively, bringing in Sam Hubbard Solid and Malik pick. Jefferson and yeah. Jesse Bates the third. Those are three Jesse guys Bates, that, Wake Forest. Oh Dome, God! Oh man! In the pre-draft Dome, process, these yeah. are guys that I was kind of drooling over. Yeah. As as late first Darius round, Phillips, Western Michigan, mid mid second round prospects. Malik Jefferson was kind of a guy that I have a special place in my heart for. I really think he just gets after it on defense. I loved watching Texas games. Definitely a little bit games. more uh, thud than brains, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's still definitely though, a little more of a striker. You know, see it, hit it, rather than a. Uh, I think he's heady a guy. very pure athlete and a finesse linebacker and a guy that, with Vontaze being out for the first four weeks, is going to get some meaningful snaps early on, and. Jesse Bates, like we were talking about from Wake Forest, that guy's a ball hawk, and he's going to be able to come in, and I think he could be their starting safety by week four or five. Like this, these they they drafted well, they have good infrastructure, but again, going back to the offense, it's like we saw what the team did last year. They're going to compete in the division, they're going to compete in games, but at the end of the day, if it's the fourth quarter and it's a tie ball game, the chances are Cincinnati's not going to win the game. That's just kind of yeah. been the reoccurring theme in Cincinnati, and. I really don't think they did much to get out of that, you know, uh, that shadow uh, in the AFC in such a tough division. One last thing, Terrell Austin. Terrell Austin DC. coming in as that DC. Just get ready for some very, very uh, malaise four-man fronts. Occasionally, Andrew Billings is going to drop into man coverage. <laughs> Moving on. The Baltimore Ravens, a team that was spurned from the playoffs due to a 4th and 13 Andy Dalton the Tyler Cincinnati. strike. It's their moment of the year was week 17 yeah, against yep, Baltimore. Absolutely. Um, a heartbreaker for the for the uh, Ravens who I believe haven't made the playoffs in the last 3 years. Is that true? I think it is. Wow. I ugh, it's been close the past yeah, couple years so, too. Yeah. So I mean they've been they've been sniffing that playoff glory the and, past and couple years. And let's just be frank about it. Joe Flacco Hasn't performed since he got that that fat contract, which is why at the 32nd pick in the NFL draft they drafted Lamar Jackson, quarterback out of Louisville. Which you know, say what you will about him as a passer, or you know if you think he can be a pro NFL quarterback, he's exciting. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a team just to piggyback off the Flacco point. Joe Flacco, I'm not a huge fan of his. I don't think that he's a super productive quarterback. But in his defense. His receiving core was bottom t- bottom five in the NFL last year, probably. Yeah, I would. He really know, didn't have dudes point. to throw yeah. to, and just looking at the receiving core now, Willie Sneed playing in New Orleans last year, now clean slate in Baltimore. Michael Crabtree been super effective for the Raiders the pa- past couple years. He's going to probably be the number one guy in Baltimore, and then John Brown, a burner from from the Cardinals that they brought over. So as opposed to addressing their needs in the draft, this is a team that kind of. Did that in the free agency and brought in Willie Sneed, Crabtree, and Brown. Three guys kind of Jordan Lastly, UCLA. Yeah. Rosen's Rosen's kind of main target while he was there. Yeah, no, but um, and so I think that was a nice little pick too. And I think Brashad Perriman at this point is what I like in what I like to call Ebron territory. <laughs> where, you know, he's that first round pick. You know he isn't good. But at this point you're just like Give me, give, give me give me something, give me, Rashad. Yeah. Just give me anything. Like, you know, just, just make a play. Yeah. You know, uh, 2015, you know, it's a few years back. It's just like, Rashad, come on, man. Yeah. You know, just give me give me anything you have, you know. So that definitely a disappointing pick uh, in Rashad Perriman. A rare eyes he knew some miss yeah. uh, in the first round. But it's just going to be – I mean, how, do you think Lamar Jackson will start 
a few games this year. I don't think he's going to start. Because here's, here's the thing that I, I think that's interesting about, you know, the Ravens bringing him in. And I wonder how much say, you know, John Harbaugh had in all this too. Or whether it was it just Ozzie Newsom saying, this is my last draft. Like, I'm just going to, you know, Joe Flacco hasn't performed the way that I would have wanted him to. And I'm just going to But, you know, if this is a thing that starts off poorly, you know, then the fans are going to be chanting Lamar's let me, name. Let me just take the reins here real quick and, and, and set some things straight. I think that the Lamar Jackson move was absolutely justified for two reasons. The first and most important reason is I believe in Lamar Jackson as a quarterback in an NFL system. I think he can be efficient. I think he can be effective. I think he's a tremendous athlete and playmaker. I think he's going to see the field regardless in his first year, whether it be starting or coming in in packages. I believe that he can make an impact coming in a different wildcat, throwing and running the ball. And for the second reason, putting a little bit of a fire under Flacco. Flacco's kind of a lackadaisical dude. Yeah, has, Joe Cool. Exactly. Hasn't his, his peak was the 2011 Super Bowl. We haven't seen much from him since. He's got a young dude under him who's ready to get after it. He's got these new receivers. A great pick, in my opinion, bringing in Orlando Brown as your right tackle in the third round, I think it was. Yeah, and they really missed Rick Wagner, who was signed by the Lions, and they didn't really do anything last year to replace yep. that, you know, that absence and bringing Orlando Brown, Lee's a big fan of his. You know, there's athletic questions in a sense, but at least you put some sort of resource, a solid resource in a third round pick Absolutely. And, and fixing up that position. And so. Ronnie Stanley's proven that he could be a franchise left tackle. Left tackle. Yep, their absolutely. interior line may be old, but they're experienced and they can get after it. They've proven that. Mm-hmm. They have depth on their offensive line. Their tight ends have proven that they can contribute. Let's quickly speak on Hayden Hurst. From South Carolina, late Awful for, pick. first round pick. I definitely agree that it wasn't a great pick, but nonetheless, this is who you got. The you're dude, bringing in, dude bring, yeah. you're bringing in an athlete at tight end, and Mark Andrews from Oklahoma, another tight end that can contribute. That's what I don't get, man. I, I, what, I don't, are you, what are you doing, bringing in Aiden Hurst and Mark Andrews? When you have Boyle and Max Williams, yeah, I don't, too, like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't necessarily Mark, get Mark that. Mark Andrews in the third round would be justifiable on its own. I mean, 30, 35-year-old Hayden he's, Hurst. He's 24. He's 35. He's 24. <laughs> I got to be the Tommy here uh, and give – Tommy's Tom, a huge Tommy Hayden Hurst <laughs> guy. I got to give Hayden he's Hurst – He's going to the Saints. Dude. He's an athlete. He makes plays. But looking at this off- offense from top to bottom, you're coming back with undoubtedly a much better group Absolutely. than last year. Absolutely. I can't disagree with that. Undoubtedly yeah. a better group than last year. A wholly so, different one. The pressure's on five. You know what I mean? It's going to come down to Flacco and his ability to put the ball where it needs to be. And at the end of the day, call Flacco what you want. I think he's an above average to solid quarterback. I think he's a dude who can get the job done with this core. And another dude I think you have a lot to say about is Alex Collins. Yeah, I mean, very solid year last year. The point I want to say with Alex Collins is he was a guy who wasn't really expected to be anything for the Ravens going into last year and ends up being their number one back. And I think just with running backs, we see it a lot where dudes kind of burst onto the scene and, you know, they didn't put in a big, you know, draft pick to a running back because of what he did. Mm-hmm. They didn't really bring anyone in in the offseason. Kenneth Dixon is a guy They got who, buck, too. Yeah, and I mean, they have dudes, but Alex Collins is coming into camp expecting to be the number one running back. And I just think a lot of times you see these running backs kind of burst onto the scene, especially if you're playing fantasy football. Dudes, you pick up like Thomas Rawls. And Spencer wears, you know, these dudes of, of the NFL, and then in this in their second season, they just kind of every you know it's, you kind of get into the flow of things as a running back as opposed to other positions. And I just think it'll be interesting to see if Alex Collins is kind of a dude who just kind of was a flash in the pan, or is it actually a guy who can be your bell cow for them? And he was very impressive last year. Yeah. So it, that's just something you know I don't really have 
an opinion either way saying, you know, he's going to, you know, drop off or he's going to improve, but definitely something to monitor. Absolutely. Let's jump over to the defense where Let's not much here. You still got that elite secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, Weddle and Tony Jefferson is probably a top five safety tandem in the NFL just off the top of my head. Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith. Also, Marlon Humphrey entering his second year. Marlon Humphrey got a little burned, I mm-hmm. think, you know, a few times. Uh, definitely. He's definitely got something to prove in the second year. I think so. But, I mean, at the same time, we, we've talked about this in past division previews that it's like corners, they, they just don't come in their first year and perform. Mm-hmm. You can't expect it's just you know it's a whole different kind of athlete that you're facing in the NFL. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do in that second season because Big Ike Taylor, yeah, you know Ike Taylor was calling his name out. Ike so Taylor was. Let's, let's, let's see. Let's see if you got that. Give me something. Got that in Show you, me something. Right? I we, just we wanna, know that his ham, hammies are strong. I want to. I want to quickly touch on what I think Baltimore has done a great job of, and I think that's building depth. I think this is a defense that has rotation, has great rotation. You've got. Solid starters at the linebacker position and at the cornerback position and at the defensive tackle position, and you have solid backups as well. Just to name a few guys they've drafted, or two years or even three years, that are kind of coming into their own, blossoming, and waiting to make that impact that the Ravens are waiting for them to make. Tyus Bowser, Tim Williams, Matt Judon. Uh, Bronson Kafusi. Bronson uh, You know, these are guys that Willie Henry, Chris Chris Wormley, both Michigan guys. Yeah. Dudes that are like ready to get after it, kind of. And and and, even and Carl Davis. Even, these are guys. Shoot. But these are guys that are they're 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 ready to come in and make an impact, and they have good rotational depth. And at cornerback, I mean, Brandon Carr is a proven solid corner. A little getting a little bit older, but still super effective. Jimmy Smith, been effective since the minute he's started in the NFL. And bringing in a guy, Anthony Averett, another Alabama dude in the uh, fourth round, I think mm-hmm. it was, uh, going to come in and, and obviously not going to get a ton of snaps. But when he does, he's, he's going to make an impact. Deshaun Elliott, safety from Texas. Just a defense that you know the Ravens. You know they're known for their defense. You know they're going to have to compete against high-octane offenses like Pittsburgh. And you know they're going to get those tough games. And this is just a defense that I think is looking really solid. And it's a next man up mentality, kind of. They have guys, you know, so that 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 really excites me about this defense. Honestly, I, I like I like looking at this uh, this defense. Yeah, it'll be you know, I don't know, the whole, looking at the Ravens as a whole. It'll be just interesting to see. I think you know how their season starts will dictate the rest of it, and that just kind of comes out of that quarterback situation that you have with mm-hmm. uh, bringing in that first round rookie. And this is the last year of Joe Flacco's deal, so you know if he doesn't perform up to the standards that they expect you know you could see a whole overhaul with you know the coaching staff mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson coming in as the next face of your franchise and you know let's move on to Pittsburgh where they kind of screwed the pooch at home they knew they were screwing the pooch while they were doing it too yeah. it was almost like it was too little too late it was just a rough rough and you know especially because they lost to Jacksonville at home during the regular season and Jacksonville just comes right back up into their house and beats them again Definitely disappointing for me. They were my Super Bowl pick, you know, from last year. And I do think, you know, Lee will talk about it a little bit. I think he has more scathing takes on this team. Um, as a whole, just kind of going from a, a wide-angle view here, I think they'll take a step back as, in terms of their performance in, in 2018. But I, I still just think that they're the best team in the AFC North and right up there with the Patriots in, in the AFC. And I, I do think that they'll be able to win this division and and take that second seed in, in the AFC. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think – I still think they have enough talent on, on their team. Not much has changed. Le'Veon Bell, you know, he'll be back even though he's on the franchise tag and it's likely his last year in Pittsburgh. 
I still think Ben Roethlisberger has, you know, one to two good years left in him where he can be a Super Bowl champion again. The defense, especially losing Ryan Chazier, um, was was a big hit. So I think they'll take a step back in sense, and especially at that linebacker position since they didn't really address it in the draft as much. Um, so I don't know, Lee, you can kind of take the reins. That was kind of a more an overview. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think this is my 2018 organizational hubris team. I really, I don't know if it's just me and it very well could be, but looking at this team, they're very, they just look average to me, honestly. They really do. The the draft was weird. The draft was weird. You, you bring in Terrell Edmonds with your first round pick, who was a guy who was, I mean, I'm not an expert, you know, scout, but this is a guy who's being projected mid to late second round, maybe or even early third round, and you're going to snag him and at 28 or whatever. He's definitely more of a, a physical specimen, and something that was interesting. I follow um, a few draft guys on Twitter. Uh, I'll credit this John Ledyard, good good draft follow, and he's a big Pittsburgh. He's a big Pittsburgh guy, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and he was talking about how he was complaining about the Edmonds pick, and he hated it, and. It's more of the sense that this defense has, in the past, you know, they've made first-round draft picks in three of the last four years. Oh, no, four of the last four years on defense. And three of these dudes in Bud Dupree, Artie Burns, and Terrell Edmonds have been extremely, like, high prototypical physicality in terms of just, like, what you want in the position, but generally lacking maybe an NFL mindset and NFL commitment to fundamentals. So you kind of get these... You know, week in and week out, this defense isn't consistent because their players are just kind of, you know, week in and week out. One week, you might get two sacks from Bud Dupree. The next one, the next three weeks, he just might be invisible. So I kind of thought that was an interesting take in in the sense that the dudes that they have drafted high consistently in Terrell Edmonds, Artie Burns, and Bud Dupree have just been very, you know, more project physicality, you know, combine dudes rather than just pure football players, which is kind of what the the Steelers defense you know, prided themselves on. And a guy like T.J. Watt who had a great rookie year last year, who's just a dude who's like a great football player from the Big Ten, Wisconsin, like mm-hmm. knows his fundamentals. And he had a you know really good rookie year. So that was just an interesting take that I kind of wanted to put yeah, out there. But. And just to bounce off the whole draft thing, their first three picks, let's take, uh, what's his name, the the Pittsburgh guy? Let's take his his, his opinion for... John Ledyard. Let's take yeah. it seriously. Let's say yeah. Edmonds is a bad pick. Yeah. Let's say we're Pittsburgh fans and we think Edmonds is a bad pick. And you follow that. Okay, fine. Yeah. Your, your third pick in the draft is Mason Rudolph. Your second is James Washington. Okay, I get it. You bring in James Washington to replace, not necessarily replace Martavis, but kind of be your number three guy, mm-hmm. kind of a tweener there who's going to, it's going to take him a little while to get his feet under, under him in the NFL, but he's still going to be a productive guy. And then you bring in Mason Rudolph, who is slated as your third quarterback behind Landry Jones and Roethlisberger. It's like, I just think that that embodies organizational hubris. I think this whole Tomlin thing, it's just growing old on me. Like, I don't think that there's that much fundamental football thought that's going into Pittsburgh. Like, yeah. their defense just doesn't look that good to me. And we can go over the whole thing. It's like, TJ Watt obviously had a great year last year, but then your other three backers are, like you said, inconsistency in Bud Dupree, John Bostic, an older guy he's coming. floated around. He's floated yeah. around. Vince Williams, who's had high expectations, but really yeah, didn't fill him. Didn't last fill year. him. And then your secondary, it's like your number one corner is either pick your poison, Artie Burns or Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden's old, and Artie Burns has kind of underperformed at this point in his career. Your safeties are Sean Davis and Morgan Burnett. Like those are guys who are obviously going to. Sean get, Davis had a kind of a step back year at, at, in his in his second season. He kind of regressed a little bit. So it'll be interesting and he's to younger, see. so he's he he's younger, got something to prove. To see if he kind of you know 
really solidify himself in that secondary. But still, this defense just like lacks a dude on it. Like their dude is TJ Watt. You like Marcus Allen, right? No, I do like Marcus Allen. No, he's and he's an absolute playmaker from Penn State. Who who's he's really scrappy. But that's a six round pick we're talking about. Like he's not a guy who's going to come in and make their defense that much better. And then flip it over to the offensive side of the ball. Your best player, okay, fine, Antonio Brown, best receiver in the league probably, absolute playmaker, but like we said in Cincinnati, there's only so much receivers can do if the the flow of the offense isn't working that well. Your best player besides him, or tip for tat, Le'Veon Bell, you can't even give him a good enough deal for him to agree with. He's already said that he's probably not going to play for the team next year, so he's going to play for the team this year, I guess. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger's 37 years old or 30, whatever, however old he is. He's the same age as Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers. And your offensive line obviously has been solid and is still solid. Juju Smith-Schuster is a great two receiver. I don't, I, and I think this might be my, another scathing take I have. I don't think Smith-Schuster is going to have the impact that he had in his rookie year. I think a lot of teams were, he was their number three guy and a lot of teams weren't taking for, taking into account how effective Smith-Schuster was. And I think that teams will be able to take that into account this year. And I just think looking up and down this roster is just like kind of, especially in this division, it's like this whole Pittsburgh Steelers thing, I get it. You guys have been great for a long time, but like the whole steel curtain defense, that era is over. Your best player on defense is Ryan Shazier and God bless him. It was awful to watch, but that guy's not playing for you anymore. And you're kind of left with who's your leader on defense? Who are your guys on defense? Who is the, yeah, that is interesting. In Pittsburgh, it's like you're going Super Bowl or bust, and this is not a Super Bowl team. So it's their just best, like their best player on defense is probably Cam Hayward. Yeah, no, 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 it probably is, and he gets after it. Hayward's a guy who's been doing it since day one in the NFL too. But Cam Hayward's your best guy. Arguably, T.J. Watt is probably he's, your he's second probably, best guy. I mean, he's twenty four. Probably gonna have to take into a leadership role, and it'll be interesting to see if he can do and that. Just in some sense, but I really like Matt Thomas. I think he was a later round guy from Florida he's State. Undrafted. Undrafted. Yeah, he's a total product was, but definitely a stud athlete and in a, in a pretty solid football player. But bringing in Edmonds and Rudolph and and Washington, it's kind of like weird first week pick, very weird in a team with like Roethlisberger, where it's like. You know, he even voices his opinion on it. It's like, why don't we just bring in dudes who could help us win, like, right now? Yeah. Because the window exactly. is, is about to close. Exactly. Um, like I said, it's Super Bowl or bust in Pittsburgh, and this is really not looking like a Super Bowl roster to me. And you said yeah. you still see them up there with the Patriots, and I just don't. I don't see well, this well, team with New England. Well, let's get into the division predictions. Let's get into it. Let's get I'll, after I'll, it. I'll start us off. I think that the Steelers are coming first. And they'll be like, a, I think they'll be like a 10-6 first mm-hmm. place team. I think the Ravens will come in second, more nine and seven, eight and eight type of deal. I think the Browns and, and the Bengals will be vying for those, you know, the third and fourth spots. Just just because I like the new energy, I guess I'll take the Browns in third and the Bengals fourth. But yeah, that's I don't, I'm not too confident on how you know those. I, I think honestly that you know I could see the Browns coming in second, Bengals. I think you know the Ravens, Bengals, and Browns could come in any order, two through four, and I wouldn't really be surprised. But I honestly would be surprised if any of those three teams won the division. I'm coming out with some serious adrenaline Let's in this go. division. Let's go. I'm picking the Ravens to go first in this Woo-hoo. division. I like them at 11-5. and five. I think this is a prove-it year for the Ravens. Like you said, they haven't – they've been so close to making the playoffs the past couple of years. You know they're a great franchise. Harbaugh's a really good coach. They have good infrastructure. I like the Lamar Jackson pick. I like the offense. I'm picking them first. Give me the Browns. They're in second. I love their offensive weapons. I love Tyrod Taylor's ability to just win games. 
Bottom line, win games. I don't care if you throw for one touchdown and rush for one touchdown. Win games. I like Carlos Hyde. I like their defense. I don't necessarily love their coaching staff, but I think that their roster makes up for it. Steelers, organizational hubris. Third place, 7-9. and, and nine. By the way, that's a trademark by the back to Time to reconsider, baby. Time to reconsider. You're a tweener team. What are you doing drafting Mason Rudolph? What are you doing drafting Terrell Edmonds? You know... You need to make a decision. You need to, it's time to it's time to kick it into third gear, Pittsburgh. It's time to wake up season seven. But I, I want to like the Bengals more, but I, I just don't have the stones to put the Steelers in last place. So that's where I see it: Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Low grade late, pro- late low grade late prophecy from from Mr. Murray here, the junior. I'm gonna go ahead and and, and secure it in right now. I don't know if it'll be a home game or away game. But the Cleveland Browns are going to win at least one game against the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. I've seen them come very close in the past. And I think this is the season. I think Tyrod's going to be able to do it. And I think they have the pieces to do it. So, etch it in stone, baby. The Browns are getting one of those two.